Welcome to another Coot Street Podcast. This is Gary Wolf, and today we're spending 10 or more minutes with uh, Locust Winter and Hugo and Nebula nominee uh, Mimi Mondal. How are you today, Mimi? Hi, Gary. I am actually relatively well compared to, you know, a lot of other people and compared to how I was like in March. I can't complain. Well, that's that's excellent. You're taking care of yourself and, you, and you're in New York City, right? I am. Yeah. And it seems to have opened up there quite a bit more than it certainly than it was a couple of months ago. Yes, I think like the fact that we hit the early panic and we also like, you know, New York City did all the arrangements for like a very long time. Right. I think we're like better equipped both, you know, infrastructurally, but also just like the citizens have gotten a lot more used to this panic alert. Right. And people are acting sensible about it, I gather, mostly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my neighbors were like pretty much wearing masks right from the beginning, apart from like some extremely old people, I guess. But, oh, like cool. it wasn't it wasn't super outrageous. Well, the question we ask everybody on these chats is um, is one that I find fascinating because of the answers we get. And that is, are you able to get reading done? And if so, what are you reading? I am, actually. I mean, I have like I am kind of always on panic mode in the world, I guess, <laughs> and um, which kind of helps me. Like, it really, I have actually been doing super great self-care. Like, I've Good. been doing better self-care in quarantine than I was doing at normal times. Because I was just like, well, the apocalypse is here. These are the steps that you take, right? Of course, yes. So, well, somebody, uh, somebody has said that, peop- that, 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 that people who have read a lot of apop- apocalyptic fiction are better prepared because we've thought it through yeah yeah and so i um like i have done reading i have done i mean but i haven't like i haven't been reading maybe the things that i would usually Uh um i learned cooking i started gardening like i feel like a you know wholesome human being (laughs) well it probably is a healthy thing to be doing and and the number of people who've been uh, posting, not actually posting recipes, although that's next, I suppose. But you know, people who are growing their own plants now and, uh, uh, and and trying out different kinds of pastas, and everybody's trying sourdough bread. It looks like. Yeah, I did not. I I, I um I because I didn't actually know how to cook. I started out with like the Indian recipes that my parents make at home because uh-huh. those are intuitive for me. Like bread is like a completely different theory for me. I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm making a lot of Indian food, which has like improved my diet as well, because uh, before this, I was largely eating um, frozen meals and ramen. Uh-huh. Well, what, what about, get back to the reading. What, what, what are the things you're right. doing? So, um, no, the first few months, like right when the quarantine hit, I lost a little bit of work. Like I used to work from home anyway as a uh-huh. freelance editor. A couple of projects got um, postponed and so I told myself that I would start with um, some research reading that I had always been postponing Uh and so um, early March and April I was reading up on um, the ancient history of the Bengal region of the world so which is where I'm from like Bangladesh Uh and uh, West Bengal of India and it's probably eventually going to be for like some fiction or the other. 
um, but uh, I also realized that I like I'm really good at like research reading. Like I I find I like it's almost funny, but um, I spent a lot of time at university. I did three master's degrees, and uh, oh. when you're doing that, it feels like a chore. And now that I like don't have to actually put out the outcome of it, <laughs> I realize that it's like research reading is really absorbing. Like academic reading, really dense academic reading, and it takes your mind off the apocalypse. Um, is there a, 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 the ancient history of that part of the world is something that uh, I'm not very familiar with at all. So is there is, is there kind of a standard uh, classical history that if somebody wanted to orient themselves should look at? There isn't, funnily enough, because it's a part of the world that's been, like, you know, segregated into two countries. And right. there's, like, uh, Hindu nationalism on one side and Bangladeshi Muslim nationalism on the other side. So a lot of reading this history is also thoughts and um, reading about historiography and how, like, you know, national identity, you know, changes yeah. how ancient history is written. And uh, I'm also reading about, because um, a lot of Tibetan Buddhism came out of that region, you know, mm -hmm. it eventually moved on to Tibet, but it came out of that region and uh, which is partly connected to a lot of the Western ideas of Asia as well. Like, you know, I mean, one of the current conversations, like I'll bring this to a reference point is um, Avatar The Last Airbender, which I had been also re-watching. Re Mm -hmm. And um, Avatar is written by white authors largely, right? Well, of course. Um, in the mid-2000s, that's when it came out. But um, the Avatar in it, like Ang, is, um, and the, you know, the air nomads are based on um, Tibetan Buddhists mostly. That's like the Tibetan Buddhist philosophy. Like they are very Dalai Lama um, leaning, right? Right. Is there any evidence that the screenwriters were aware of this? Not evidence per se, like written evidence, but I am actually also doing a rewatch of Avatar currently. And uh -huh. I'm like picking out all the cultural references because like, you know, um, their teacher is called Gyatso. I mean, there are like these names, like, um, so there, there are Tibetan names, there are Tibetan locations. So, uh -huh. uh, and uh, Avatar is getting a new movie, right? And a it's Hollywood movies. Yeah. I, so, yeah. Or maybe a TV show. I'm not sure if it's a movie or a series. And I well, think that's the, the, uh, the Cameron's original plan was to have a series of four or five giant epic films like this. I don't know if that's going to continue. And I don't know if the cultures he's planning on portraying in future films look will look anything like the one in the original film. Um, they wouldn't. And I mean, G Jeanette Ng wrote a little thread about this, which I agreed with. And then uh -huh. when I started doing the rewatch, this was uh, maybe last week or so, where she talks about how, if, especially if this is coming out of, you know, this production is dependent on like, you know, ch Chinese funding from China. Right. And um, it's very, very hard to portray the Tibetans as, you know, the protagonist. That's true. Uh, that's a very good point. Well, let's get back to books. So are you reading any fiction these days? I am rereading. So what I was reading last night, which mm -hmm. is a reread, is um, Grace, The Grace of Kings by Ken Liu. 
and uh, that's part of his trilogy, epic fantasy trilogy, uh, of which I think the third book is coming out last year or something. But Ken Liu also has um, a new short story collection out this year. And I was, I mean, sometimes I just like, if I do have the time in my life, I like to go reread an author I enjoy in preparation for a new work. Uh huh. And this so is something. Am... Oh, Ken Liu. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about his short story collection. I am. No, I am now reading the first book of his trilogy. Oh, the first. Okay. Uh, um, the, the Dandelion the Dynasty. Yes, yes, yes. So that is what I was reading last night. But I was also reading the Paper Menagerie collection. I have not started on The Hidden Girl. But like the reread is a project for the hidden girl. Um, what else? I was reading um, Ted Chang's Exhalation earlier than that, mm-hmm. which is actually an arc that I picked up at the last ICFA, and I got it signed by him. Excellent. So, so I was rereading that. Um, I'm rereading. I was also recently rereading Ambiguity Machines and Other Stories by Vandana Singh. Uh huh. And uh, I was rereading Six Months, Three Days, Five Others by Charlie Jane Anders. So um, I am. Do you have any? I'm sorry. Uh, No, one of the other things we ask is apart from what you happen to be reading do you find in stressful times that there are comfortable comfort readings things that you've always loved that you feel like you need to return to for replenishment i mean a lot of these works are actually fulfilling that function for me because i, I am see that. yeah i am sitting here and basically thinking about futures and ways to survive and mm. uh the other thing i'm doing is uh I'm actually preparing some material for some syllabi. So, like, if, especially what what does it take for us to teach writing science fiction or right. not even always writing science fiction, like if we're talking about science fiction phil- philosophy, futurism philosophy, right? right? So, and um, that's where, like, authors like, you know, Ken Liu and Ted Chang and Charlie Jane Anders come in. Um, I'm also, I just got my copy of A People's Future of the United States, which is the anthology by John Joseph Adams and Victor Lamar. So I'm looking forward to reading that as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm reading for comfort, which probably doesn't sound very comfortable. It's it's, it's not the most comforting kinds of (laughs) return to innocence. There certainly are a lot of issues in those books. What about your own writing? Have you got... um, things in the works that uh, um, will be seen any time within the next year? Maybe within the next year, but not not within maybe 2020, because I have a couple of short stories. I mean, actually, three or four short stories which are half written. Uh And um, I was plotting a novel like that. That was why I had actually started my ancient Bengal research. Um, And basically, partly because ideologically, I'm trying to move away from the epics from India that the right-wing imagination has taken over very much. 
Mm-hmm. So, so because India is having like a really, really bad right wing problem right now. Right? I gather that it's, uh, um, and, and, and that's on top of what seems to be an increasing climate crisis there as well. I mean, a lot of these are not unrelated, and we can see that, com- you know, with the same, same, the same parallels in the United States. Like we yeah. also have a lot of coronavirus. And I mean, when you have a conservative government, it probably does not care about things that are good for everybody. They care care about things that are good for, like you know, the one percent or themselves right. largely. So. So anyway, it's uh, it's been great talking with you. It's uh, we've we've gone past our ten minutes. We always do, so that's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> But again, this is uh, Gary Wolf. This has been uh, Coot Street Podcast. I've been spending 10, okay, 13 minutes with Mimi Mandal. Thank you so much for being with us, Mimi. Thank you for having me here.